<laughs> what up, Kev? Our hairlines are synced up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Like, as soon as I get on camera, I'm like, okay, what? Like, I got, I'll be looking down inside. Like, is that my forehead that big? I never knew it was that big. I knew it was big, but damn. <laughs> What's good, man? Oh, chilling. It's getting warm. Where? It is starting to starting to heat up. What was it out there with y'all today? It's it's reached ninety two out here. So out there it's probably what? Two yeah, I don't. Time. I don't even. I actually don't think it was that. It, was it? I feel like we we're in the high eighties. It wasn't crazy, okay. but it's not today. So yeah, but over the last couple of weeks it's been. Yeah. Today I think we hit. We were in the eighties, but yesterday I think it touched ninety ninety two, but. But I'm chilled out, man. My my solo, my week of solo daddy mode has finally come to a close. It has. It has. Wifey has returned, huh? She she returned, yeah. When we were recording last week, um, young Sakota was just down at the track. I went and picked her up after (laughs) we finished. Mm. Mm -hmm. Putting some money on the ponies. She's into that. (laughs) Oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Incredibly ridiculous. Um, yeah, I know it's funny, man. When my wife is like, we'll call and uh, she'll ask how the kids. And I'm like, oh, you know, one of them is selling dope now. The other one is, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, how you think they are? They just sitting there chilling. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing else they're going to do. You know what I'm saying? Are you, are you so, able to make Sarai do stuff now? So you can avoid yeah, yeah. She certain things. On, <laughs> on the night of the, uh, the night that you came out for my birthday, that was her first night babysitting. So that was one thing. Gotcha. Right. Okay. Yeah. And uh, but now, yeah, no, nah, you know, I've never, I've, I've always hated doing the dishes. So she's been doing the dishes since she could move her hands. Oh. Uh, besides that, you know, children, children <laughs> are a blessing. Yeah. With regards to that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how many parents go through this. My, my uh, wife is notorious for um, being, you know, delayed responses when I text the call. So now I just call my daughter, like, "Where's your mom?" She's like, "She's right here." I'm like, give her the phone. Nice. Like, so that's that's the probably the biggest burden she has to deal with. <laughs> is, yeah, me speaking to her mom through her if I need something immediate, you know. She's like a concierge for wifey. Yeah. That's good. Basically. That's good. Basically. Yo. Hold on, dad. Like I saw. I saw. <laughs> no, she never does that. But she knows. Like, she knows in the first couple sentences I'm not calling to talk to her. So there's that, too. My, my uh, kid learned how to roll her eyes at some point. I don't know. Wow, she's late in the game, huh? Well, yeah, we're trying to... She's gonna have to snap out of that for about at least eight more years. Oh, good luck! <laughs> <laughs> good luck. You know what? It may not happen in front of you as much. It's depending upon how you spaz about it, but it's gonna happen. So, man, I'm like, do you need glasses? What happened? <laughs> Something is wrong with your face. Hey, man. You know, you know the old saying, man. Sometimes chicken, sometimes feathers, bro. 
sometimes it's all good and sometimes it ain't, man. Yeah. But yeah. So that's cool, man. Wife is back. Wife is back to the crib. Basketball is back. I watched uh Summer League, watched the Lakers get beat by twenty. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. I'm I'm yeah. It was a good uh Nice little day. I decided to get up and go to the gym. Now, there's two things that I want to want to run by you. So when, okay. It, this isn't technically the open question. It will lead to. When's the last time you've been to the gym? Uh, long, any, long any time. time. Long time. Um, it's been a long time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've been just um, just running and then, uh, you know, I, I jump rope and do a little light, light right. calisthenics here at the, at right. the crib. I wouldn't have gone to the gym during the pandemic anyway, but. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I went towards the tail end. I was yeah. definitely there in the beginning. That was when I was well, I was there Yeah, before I got hurt. So anyway, um do you remember any particular gym annoyances from when you used to when you went years ago? Always. Always. Like name can you aside name from, one that you, aside from Timberlands? <laughs> All right, there you go. <laughs> um, let's see. I mean, you know what? I don't know. I mean, I would, for some reason, the last gym that I went to, it was super nice too. We had like a deal to my my job that it was like the New York uh, Racket Club or something like that, which. Mm. It's an expensive gym, but we had a deal that we somehow came up on and I would go there and there'd be nobody there. So I'd have the whole place right. to myself and I could do, you know, so that was, that was no big deal. Um, I, in a situation like that, it's always annoying when like there's millions of treadmills and machines and all that stuff. And the, some dude comes in and wants to sit right next to me. I'm like, I don't need that. I don't want that spread okay. out. Just, yeah. <laughs> you know. All right. Social distancing. You hit the, I'm I'm down I've you, been down for social distancing. That's why I made it through the pandemic alive. So yeah, without even any issue. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. There's two things in the gym that that we gotta stop doing. All right. One is unavoidable depending upon how crowded the gym is, but if the gym is not crowded and I'm using any piece of equipment that there's you know, like I'm using uh one of the, you know, weight benches or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, come on, man, just just spread out like one bench in between. Like, what? Why are you? Why are we like workout buddies? Like, like get away from me. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't it's like, why? Why do we need to do this? Like, when I if I get some free weights and I'm I'm doing my little exercise or whatever I'm curling or whatever I'm doing, like I'm I'm gonna move over some space or whatever. I don't particularly need to look in the mirror, but there's mirrors everywhere you are, so. Everywhere you turn, so I'm not gonna face the opposite way or what. I'm just gonna move out of your way and give you some space, right? Yeah. But today I'm, you know, working out or whatever, and I mean, dude stood next to me like we was together. Like I was like, "Yo, what are you? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what you trying like to he, do right like now? He like he was spotting you. <laughs> yeah, like he was right. Like I'm like I'm like you gonna lift my elbows up right now? Like get away from me." <laughs> Related uh, to basketball, because I'm I'm going to the gym now. I just have to now, you know, repeat analysis on wrestling. I was a, I was I was pretty good at basketball. I'm not anymore. <laughs> Absolutely not. It's I am the sorry dude at the gym, unapologetically. By the way, 
mm. unapologetically, right? But I also have a problem with people that are not good, that are trying to win the championship every time oh, we play. yeah, I can imagine. I'm like, look, dude, yeah. <laughs> me and you was on the same level right now. <laughs> like, you're not that good. I'm not that good. Just calm down, bro. Then settle down. Right. They call it touch files. I had somebody call it <laughs> yesterday. Somebody called charging. In the, in the, it's like charging. <laughs> it's like what? Oh man, he was on my team too, so I had to just walk like away and like because I wasn't gonna, you know. But anyway, those you know, are the that's two the things. thing that I think yeah. a lot of dudes don't understand is that at our age, it becomes real evident when you've watched more of the sport than you've played it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. you know, to everybody, everybody knows you're making a fool of yourself. It's like yeah, you know, it's like. Yo, when he called charging, <laughs> like, I was like, okay. And he was, like, he legit let them, or they let him argue enough to give him the ball for it. If I was on the opposite, no way in hell. <laughs> I would have held that ball and just stood under the basket like, dude, nobody's going to play until we <laughs> stop this. This shit is never happening. Like, <laughs> No way. I don't care how sorry I am out here. I don't care how old I am. I'll throw this ball right over to the weight bitches before I allow charging in a damn pickup game. Like, no way. No. Uh, <laughs> that was wild. Calling three-second fouls and stuff? Yeah, like, what are we doing right now? He'd say, that fool fell on the ground and said, charging. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> oh, that was wild. Um, yo, I did uh me and me and Suge, man, we rolled out to real ones in Long Beach. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but Mm-mm. Icy Ice. Um oh, man, what's dude's name? Icy Ice, of course, propaganda, mm. curse, uh, I think it's Prospect. DJ Prospect, I think. Mm. Am I tripping man? I don't want to ruin this dude's name. I'm gonna look it up yeah. to make sure I say mm. it right. Uh, but they have a daytime joint once a month in Long Beach. Oh, that uh, that right? joint is fire. At Gray, it's it's at Gray and Long Beach, off of Long Beach Boulevard, I believe, in Fourth. I might be bugging on the on the area, but it's in that area where Federal Bar used to be, one street over. Okay. If you have a chance, it, it's once a month for every first uh, Sunday of the month. If you have a chance to go to that joint, please go. Mm. Please go. I'm talking to you personally and the audience. It is really dope. If you're coming out to L.A. for the summertime, make your way down to Long Beach. I'm not saying that because I know these dudes. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that was really, really, really dope. Like, real dope. Dope to where people were dancing to biddies in the BK Lounge. Nice. That's how dope it was. So, yeah, um, make your way to Gray. And if you are just on some promo. If you are in the area on Saturday, snap back in Fullerton, downtown Fullerton, at Bourbon Street, go to snapback underscore live at Instagram to check that out. It's going to be a real fun night coming up. I think we got Ice and uh, Remark and Everetti or, you know, some combination of DJs that you're going to enjoy. Oh, Bobito. Bobito the chef is going to be there as well. So okay. it'll be nice. I'm way to your fam. You know what to do. Dope, dope, dope. It's a word. It was dope, man. Um, 
All right, man, we got a lot to talk about, man. So, you ready to get to the other side? Let's do it. All right, man, let's go. Rap Sucks Radio. Blah, 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 blah. What up, y'all? You were live on Rap Sucks Radio with your homeboy, Track Life, and your fam, Kev Sakota. This entire podcast is merit-based. <laughs> I am about to quit. I'm, I'm, <laughs> this is the last show for me. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's... let's Thank y'all for tuning in, man. We appreciate each and every one of y'all. If you'd like to catch past episodes of Rap Sucks Radio, you can go to rapsucksradio.com and any of your favorite podcasting platforms. You can also check us out on your television um, on BTSN. That is Behind the Scenes Network. What you do is you download the app or channel on your Roku or any of your Amazon Fire devices. We are right there with plenty of other dope content. BTSN, Behind the Scenes Network. We want in. And... You can catch us Rap Sucks Radio on Instagram, RSR Podcast on Facebook. That's where you check us out. All right. Boom. Um, it might be Promote, DJ Promote. I'm tripping. I'm super tripping. I genuinely apologize if he checks this show out. I'm sorry. All right. Um, title of this episode is The Supreme Court, the Supreme Court Don't Love You Like We Do. That's right. <laughs> Intro talk, Supreme Court out here tripping. Let's get to the intro talk. Kev, um, I'll let you introduce which one we're going to start with of these of the two items we discussed pre-show. So oh, Supreme Court is bugging. The Supreme Court has had its uh, – the Supreme Court has been bugging, and, and I'll, I have my opinions on that. But Kev, go ahead and set it off. One-third of the Supreme Court is very chill. They're like three little Fonzies just laying in the cut. The other six are wild in – the streets, <laughs> just like black-robed ninjas fighting for injustice <laughs> in every corner. For real, for so real. They, yeah, they they killed everybody's chances of going to college. Oh, and they <laughs> we didn't talk about this one. They they um, and if you happen to go to college, uh, your loan is not going to get oh, forgiven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They kill student debt forgiveness. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, if you uh, if you make crappy websites and you want to tell people that you don't want to make crappy websites for them, you're okay. You're going to be just fine. <laughs> Let's start with affirmative action. Ooh, we're going to start there, huh? Since, since um, this is a topic that you and I have, have argued at length about back and forth. <laughs> An interesting topic for Asian and black community, that's for sure. Um, that's right. So, um, where do I start? I have so much to say that it's hard to figure out where to start with this. There were a lot of really, really, really uh, brilliantly divisive elements in um, the Xing out of affirmative action. Um, not just recently, but in in 1996 in California, when mm-hmm. it, and um, I think one of the things that has been done over the years, and it's this is going to be really funny because I I if you guys talk to me enough, you guys will hear me say things like I've always said right, which usually means I've said the last two years. Let's just be <laughs> fair, right? But 
in this case, man, when I was in high school, because of the racial dem- demographic of my area, um, which was relatively racially diverse, um, you know, fairly, um, because just to be fair, for, for non-white people, we tend to say that the absence of white people makes a place diverse. And that's that's actually not entirely true. If the school is like 75% black, then it's still not technically diverse, right? But anyway, that wasn't the case in my school at all. So anyway, I had noticed a long time ago the clear um, divisive sort of model, min- model minority games that were being played just in my level of schooling, right? Being in honors classes, AP classes, college preparatory classes. Like I saw the saw that divisive nature early on. I'm talking as early as freshman year. I, I saw exactly what was happening, right? Um now this is the thing where this is where it gets a little grimy. I, I noticed how um and I don't want to use the words preferential tre- preferential treatment because that's unfair. People were earning their grades, earning their their keep. It was in the conversation and the tone of conversation towards other students of color, right? Like it was just a weird there with us and you're not type presentation <laughs> that made it just a little strange, right? But I also was in high school in the mid and early 90s when we all still wasn't really cool. There wasn't any selection. Like there wasn't any you could kick it with us for all of us. So there still was some space for us to bond together. But I did notice these elements. And over the years... dating myself I graduated from high school in 1994 in 1996 California got rid of affirmative action and one of the large reasons they got rid of it was because it was allegedly unfair to the Asian community Um, Asian kids were being undermined so let's let me delve into this just real quick Kev stop me if it gets boring numbers boring but um, one of the arguments was that a black student with less 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 ability, less aptitude was being, would take the space of an Asian student, um, which was unfair to her. So that was the contention. That was the contention. Um, So then affirmative action is abolished. In in the public schools, by the way, right? In public, in public, public universities, public, public, public universities, yes. So the UC system reported. Almost immediately, forty percent drop in Black and Latino, um, you know, mm-hmm. right attendance. I mean, uh, Black and Latino students at UC schools to the point where UC Berkeley has been trying to figure this out. Which, okay, right? UC Berkeley's been trying to figure this out like for year for the since nineteen ninety six. Like, whoa, how do we UCLA UC Berkeley have been trying to figure this whole thing out, right? Meanwhile, there has been no significant increase in in uh, Asian enrollment. So it's not as though there was a 40% decrease and even like a 30 to 35% increase in Asian enrollment, right? Then that would be a realistic change. Like, okay, yeah, you got those black kids out of school and you were able to replace them with, with the Asian students that were being discriminated against. But that's actually not the case mm-hmm. at all. All right, so now... Um, there was no major significant increase at all for Asian, Asian enrollment. Asian enrollment. 
One thing I will note is since 1996, the black population in Los Angeles has dramatically decreased, by the way. Mm-hmm. Dramatically decreased. And I can't verify that it's tied to that, but it I feel like it's strongly tied to that. There's a 5% wage decrease that happened since 1996 for black and Latino um you know, employee people and folks that are employed. There was a lot that happened since 1996 that um, sort of changed the face of the education system, college education, public college education for black and Latino students. Now, what's dude's name? Eddie Blum, Edward Blum. I can't remember the dude's name, but it's a white male who initially filed a lawsuit on behalf of a white female student that said she was discriminated against due to affirmative action. He filed two. Both of them were kicked, basically kicked out of court. He then transitioned over in, in Texas to the Asian community and began this campaign saying that black students are taking your children's seat in right. college. Right. He filed no lawsuits. There was no actual, actual proof, none whatsoever. Right. And what we did find out in all of this was there was one student that allegedly uh, that didn't get into Harvard and there was the idea that another black student got into Harvard and did not have the same credentials as this particular Asian student. I think his name was Jason Chin. He himself said, yo, that's not what I was trying to assert, by the way. Mm-hmm. He himself backed out of that. Anyway, here's what we do know. 43% of Harvard enrollment is legacy. Right. That's what I was going to ask right. you when, when, when the change, cause this is the thing I've had since 1996 to research this topic, um, in earnest and do a deep dive. And I, I haven't done that. So we're just talking about this as a couple of meatheads, but with the decrease in the um, black population, you mentioned that specifically the decrease in the black population, student population at the UC schools or the California black and schools. Latino. Okay. That's, okay. So, yeah. so what, who has filled that void well if not asians you said it wasn't asian statistically mm-hmm. statistically white students okay statistically white students have have filled that role mm-hmm. in larger number in larger number do you know Which, how many of those were were uh white female students um you know that's a good question that i don't okay. know because that's a part of the conversation as well as that is that you know white women have benefited as much, if not more, than than any other sort of historically from disenfranchised from classroom. affirmative action. Right, correct. Yeah, right. right. Um, but okay, go on. So that that <laughs> I don't have the answer to. That's something I could definitely mm-hmm. look into to have an answer to, but I don't. But on the Harvard case that um, Mr. Blum brought to light, mm-hmm. um, what was discovered was that forty three percent of Harvard enrollment was legacy right right another percentage were sports that are inaccessible to people different right sailing things of Mm. that nature right if the argument is and again i'd like to be very clear on this because what happens when you have these conversations or thoughts or opinions about other minorities right the idea is that you're hating or wishing Less or whatever. I would never. My point has always been, do not allow them to divide us for crumbs. 
Yeah. Right? It's always been my point. If 43% is legacy students, how many black kids do you really think were taking your seats? Those are not those those seats were not being taken by black students or Latino students. Those seats were being taken by legacy students and students that could enroll them that had the ability to enroll themselves or to to perform in sports, participate in sports like sailing and blah 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 blah. blah. I feel like I'm boring the whole audience. But anyway, let me just cut to the chase here. This is in the wake of Florida banning certain history, but then promoting and supporting Asian American and Pacific Islander history. Now, look, again, I love it. I believe that there should be more promotion uh, in March uh, or year round, but particularly when the Asian American Pacific Islander History Month happens, there should be more promotion of it. But what I'm noticing is there's always an in spite of, and I believe that that is deliberate. And I'm always saying, do not allow, said this to uh, blacks and Latinos in Los Angeles, um, when there was an alleged jockeying for space, right? I've said this to several different communities. Do not allow them to divide us over the kibbles. Because with a 40% decrease in black and Latino enrollment, there was not a 40% increase in Asian enrollment. If that was the case, then there's a fair argument there, right? But that's not the case. So you're buying into, if you have, some bullshit. And it's being used to undermine and undercut communities that have voiced strongly against, you know, injustice, et cetera. Right. So my last point here is this. And I apologize for the link, y'all. Just like I said, I had a lot, of, lot to say on this. Mm-hmm. Dave Chappelle had mentioned something I disagree with, and I've said I disagree with on this show that women, particularly, should take the, you know, take your chips and get away from the table. At some point, they're going to respond, right? The these these white men, particularly in in power, are going to respond very, very harshly to things like Me Too, right? Black Lives Matter. Since Black Lives Matter and Me Too have happened. Roe v. Wade has been challenged, right? We're slicing and dicing civil rights laws. We've now diced out affirmative action, right? There's been no real significant change in policing, right? Mm -hmm. We've still had several police brutality cases. At the end of the day, and they voted in, with all due respect, probably the world's most idiotic leader we've ever seen in history when they voted Trump in there was an immediate harsh response you see what I'm saying do not let them continue to divide us because what happens is a lot of people lose and educated minorities have been a problem for them over the last what would you say maybe 10 to 10 years or so educated Minorities have been a, longer than that, but I'm saying generally the biggest problem and the largest voices are coming from educated minorities, right? Mm-hmm. That's the biggest problem they're having, and uh, I think that there's there's a lot of deliberate nature. But I'm I'm out. No, one hundred percent, and that's the that I have to believe is the fear. Now, listen, I went to a school, uh, I went to a pretty good school mm-hmm. with all kinds of different people. I don't know what the breakdown was of the student population. I, I, I don't, I didn't know it then. I certainly don't know it off the top of my head now, but it was a fairly 
fairly diverse student population. I naturally gravitated okay. to other people of color um, to a certain degree, but, you know, there yeah. were people across the board, men, women, white, black, Latino, Asian, everybody, right? Um, I can't think of a single person who was a complete bonehead. I can think right. of one kid who was going through, I think, some drug issues. Okay. And I'm not going to say anything more about him other than the fact that he is probably one of the richest people I've ever shaken hands with <laughs> just at that point in in his life. Right. As long right. as he survived all the stuff that he was going through, he was going to go on to, to, to lead a financially comfortable life, maybe not a happy life. Um, but he was the closest person I could say to someone that might have been in trouble academically because, because he was just having a hard time in life. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. and I say that to say, even if it hurts to not get accepted to a school, if someone is trying to get you to fight against somebody else who has gone through more of a similar set of experiences in life then then you know maybe maybe some of the white students if someone's trying to 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 do that the people at the school are the students are generally smart enough even if they were at the lower end of the academic <laughs> you know yeah, spectrum yeah. in that in that that class they're generally smart enough to know not to go for the okie doke that said right. every time this stuff comes up i know i'm going to see some idiot person who looks more like me than they look like you on TV saying some bullshit. And I, and I think that, that, that shit hurts yeah, my feelings ahead. because I hate it. It's ridiculous. Um, I don't know what it is. I don't want to blame it on a, a generational issue or a, a you know country of origin or a language barrier or anything like that. It's just some stupidity. Um, and it, you know, not unlike a a Candace Owens or a Clarence right. Thomas, you sure. know, both of whom benefited immensely from civil rights efforts and the people who championed civil rights in every facet of our country's history. Um, and so right off the bat, that always bothers me. Um, but the legacy thing is is a big deal, you know? These are also Jeez, children yeah. of people who are paying for these buildings that are, have their name on them and all that stuff. I get it. It can't be easy. But you know what? We don't go to school to learn about how to do easy stuff. No. No. We're we supposed to all be trained from preschool age to get better at thinking through how to deal with easy stuff. Right. When we talk about academic excellence... Um, that's one thing. But when I say smart people, I'm not talking about those who have good grades. I'm, there are smart people at every echelon of, you know, financial echelon of life, right? Um, I know plenty of smart people who never went to, uh, maybe never finished high school, let alone right. never went to college. Um, the thing that I think, you know, to your point, 
certainly don't let them divide and conquer. I think sometimes it becomes difficult to see when the dividing and conquering has happened with enough foresight to be able to, to, to defend against it. It's like it's one thing to, to defend against a punch with your face. It's another thing to block the punch, right? And, and sure. that's why I'll say again the thing that I've said several times. I haven't said it as much lately because I've been trying to chill out and not preach and whatever, lecture anybody, but I don't care if you only made it to the fifth grade. If you're 18 and, and, and you want something better for either your children or the children of people who look like you or just children in general, your vote is just as important, is worth just as much as that legacy family's vote sure. for the people who choose the Supreme Court justices. For the people who choose whether or not you can uh, have just as good of a chance at having not just a chance at going to college, but that the schools in your neighborhood right. can be expected and, and financially supported enough to be just as good as the schools in the neighborhood on the other side of the tracks. Um, that your chance at getting a home loan or your chance at rebuilding your credit is just as good as anyone else's chances because redlining is not is not allowed anymore. That kind of a criminal behavior for the sake of developers or or or, or politicians is not as easy to accomplish because you are not going to fall for the okie doke the way some of our parents and grandparents did simply because one, they had no choice or they were too busy trying to survive. Yeah. Well, I think that's happening now though, right, Kev? Like the Absolutely. reality is when I say, but when I say, second, like you them, said, the second they, the second they start getting that fear, the only weapon they have is dividing and conquering. They can't fight sure. us all. Right? No. And, and, and it's I not, think that the it, they is not just, is not white people. The they is exactly. The, the, some of them that are, and, and unfortunately, most of them who are in power, you know? Exactly. Exactly. It's a matter of who benefits, right? Who, sure. who benefits from these decisions and, and et cetera, right? Like, and, and I want to be clear here, like, because it's, it's, this is a matter of very respectful conversation. I am not speaking or speaking for anyone else's community. I speak to my community the exact same way. I, I'm, probably more or less been kicked out of certain spaces in my own community for being more um more inclusive than people like to see mm -hmm. right but i know what this is I, I i was very fortunate or unfortunate to be in a situation in high school where i saw the inner workings of it very 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 clearly right so i know exactly what's happening I know what was happening in the music industry. I knew what was happening when the insurance for a black DJ to rent out the same club for some as another uh, particular group was like hundred thousand dollars more, mm. right? Or completely about uh, like removed, right? Mm -hmm. I, I've seen that with my own eyes. I've been the person to go in and place the bid, then have a friend of mine go in and play in and place the same bid. And not be asked to cover insurance. Same audience, same crowd, different result. Sure. I know how this works. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So 
just say be careful, man. Be extremely, extremely careful because once those in power feel threatened, you see how they respond. You know what I mean? You see exactly how they respond. And and I feel like we all, I mean, I speak for we all. I feel like a lot of people play right into that nonsense. And you see it happening now. Again, like you would you would just state it, right? Three decisions this week. Uh, no student loan forgiveness. Affirmative action. Um, challenged and removed, right? Mm-hmm. But a person who couldn't truly verify that they were ever requested by any same-sex group to do a website receives, right? Mm-hmm. Receives justice in a right. sense. And it was evidently it, all... It, 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 there, the factual proof of of anything having happened to this lady seems to be completely absent. There, it just right. didn't happen, right? And the reason why I think that case is important, other than the fact that it's just messed up, is is that you see it happening with with um, like you know I'm not out there like looking for. A drag story hour but if you want to go to if you want to do it have fun if you want to take your kid because it's a fun time i don't care you know what i mean yep um and you know the hip-hop community's relationship with the with the the um especially gay male community has been fraught with issues as long as every other community right yeah, Probably yeah. just as bad, if not worse, than than just about any other community. But mm-hmm. n- now, one, I-, I like to believe that some of us are at least a little bit more grown up about things. And it's like, I, I don't have time to worry about most things in my life. I'm not going to worry yeah. about what anybody else is really doing. Um, and if they're doing it to those folks, they're... they're <laughs> You don't have to think you're part of that community, but guess what? To them, you are, because they're going to do it to you next, right? And so if this is a fight, and I made a fight analogy earlier, I'm going to make a fight analogy again. If you've ever been in a fight or watched a fight or studied a fight, you know how somebody acts when they're scared. Mm -hmm. And you know how their opponent needs to act when th- when that person is scared in order to win the fight and stop the combat from continuing. You have to keep pushing. You can't right. mess around, go lead with your chin, start, you know, dancing around, acting a fool, you know, unless you're real good and we are not that good. We are not that good yet. So, so you need to just make sure you... Stay on guard, make sure you throw that punch and make sure you follow it up with an even stronger punch. And when I say punch, I mean vote. Don't vote once in a while. Vote every time. Vote every time because it's happening. It's not happening. It's not just the president. It's not just the Senate. It's not just the House of Representatives. It's not just the Supreme Court. It's your damn school board, man. It's your sheriff. Who wants to go and be the biggest gang in the county? Right. You know, and, and yeah. Keep in mind your local government. Um, I feel like Donald Trump ran with a vendetta, right? 
he ran with a vendetta, right? It's very much like your your local government and and your local government, the people that are normally running, when I always kind of laugh because it's always like a real estate agent on the ballot. I don't know why that's funny to me, but it's, mm. it's hilarious to me. But usually people who run for local government run with an axe to grind, right? The park near their home is gross and we have sure. to, I got to fix it. So their mindset is on it, which is fine, but their mindset is, is in a very specific place. And then the, all these other duties and ideals come together and, and, and just do me a favor. Just check the pulse of your city. The pulse of my city is very obvious. The pulse of where I live it has grown more and more progressively um, less progressive. Mm. How about that? Um, I mean, mind you, I'm right next to Covina. I'm right. I'm near San Dimas and, <laughs> and Glendora. I'm near places and I'm Walnut. I'm near places where, you know, there's there's likely clearly a conservative under, you know, undertone of things. But just check the pulse, man, because um, I don't know, man. It ain't going to be I, – I, it's not all roses right now. And and there there's definitely an agenda, an agenda that it's important to recognize um, what the real fight is, right? You talked about, um, like – Speaking about how other people live their life. See, that's not the fight. That's that's an, that's an irrelevant fight. You know what I mean? How people decide to live their lives, the type of music they want to listen to, whatever, whatever artists is affecting the world. around. No, it's, it's not. Not the way you think it is. The decisions that are made by your school board and those that are educating your children, those are affecting your lives much harsher. And when people are using a minor or possibly even untrue detail to alter that, it's manipulation. Yeah. And as in communities, we have as communities, we have to stop falling for it. The hard part is in my community, there's always been a, you know, house versus field idea ideology. Hmm. I think that that's left the bound confines of one particular culture and moved into the collective of us right and the idea of being close to massa has to be abolished man you know what i'm saying listen because we are a country that as much as they talk about that border in that damn wall we mm-hmm. are a country that welcomes people from all over the world yep. and the only thing that's changed is it the country that the, the the people come from who happens to think that when they come after people of color, they're going to mistake you for being a white person? That may change <laughs> from decade to decade. But guess what? They're not, They you might not think they're smart, but they ain't that stupid. And the best that you're going to get, and I'm sorry to have mm-hmm. to tell you this if it's the first time you're hearing it, the most you're going to get from from the ones who are doing evil. Again, not everybody. We would not be here right now if it wasn't for white folks who were progressive back when that wasn't cool and it wasn't just sure. California and they were doing it in the places where it was hard and, and deadly to be progressive and to be a human being. But the the ones who are not like that the best you're ever going to get from them is that you're one of the good ones. 
and that ain't that's 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 worse than a participation trophy as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> it's the worst thing for a grown up to get. So stop it. Cut it out and stop thinking that you don't you don't have to fight for me. I don't I don't I don't need that necessarily, but don't fight against me because then then we're fighting. Right. It's, and it's, and we don't I need mean, to be fighting. You know? You think you're gonna win it. You think you're gonna win it, but listen to me. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because they this was also, I think we're right around the anniversary of the Zoot Suit Riots, which I was not particularly yeah. hip to yeah, either, historically, yeah. right? Oh, um, man, that's, a, that's an interesting subject, by the way, but go ahead. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and again, another subject that I, I wouldn't feel qualified to speak at, at length on, but um, the solidarity that was shown just to survive. Right. And get through that period of time, right, between Black and Latino uh, people in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, has somehow evolved through the years in, in ways that maybe aren't the most beneficial for, for the two communities. Um, but looking back at the history, it's like, that's what we need to be doing. Right. Yeah. That kind of, that kind, at least to acknowledge that this is how we got through that. Um, and still, you know, we got to a point where black folks and Korean folks were not doing well together during the period after the riots, right? And then community members worked together to try and figure out, well, what, you know, one, how can we heal some of these wounds, but also learn from each other? Yep. And then, and but then you start forgetting about those things, right? Um, but these things have happened in every state, in every city around this country throughout history, and and we don't study those things. And unfortunately, some of the historians who are telling those stories, one, they're passing on, but also the the lessons that they've laid out for us are being banned in schools. I don't understand. How the word anti-racist is an offensive word. Because the mm-hmm. opposite of anti-racist is racist. It's racist. <laughs> it's not that hard. So you, if you don't want to be called racist and you don't want to use the word anti-racist, I don't know what to tell you, buddy. The reality is this country is a lot of things and it, racist is one of them. Absolutely. And it, we don't want to acknowledge it and we want to keep overlooking it and, and, and saying like, oh, it's not like that and you're just being sensitive and da-da-da. No, man, this country's racist. Like, bottom line. And, and, and we're all infected by it. And to, to some degree or another, we've all been infected by this. In, in other situations, it would be class or class or caste system, right? But right mm-hmm. now... That system is divided by by uh, color of skin, um, and that, and that's the way it is. But look, um, I've gone through different stages with this. I've I've definitely noticed how it all went down, and how those we had riots in my school in my high school. I'm going, you know, of course, this is years. Ago. I saw the whole thing play out. I saw how it was provoked. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say in some so in some cases it was promoted by the school in a mm. weird way, right? But 
you know, I'm just saying, don't, don't, don't play this game with them. I mean, it, just, but just watch. I'm just watch the results of this. You know what I mean? And and who benefits? Who truly benefits from this? You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. That's that's the question I have. And if if you don't believe that particular that particularly held back and disparaged communities need affirmative action, then I need you to look at how those communities historically have been educated. Yep. I'm just saying. Yeah, Cuz we're talking about the next generation of young black people, young Latino people, young Asian people, young white people, women, gay, straight, whoever, young people across the board having an equitable chance at earning an education, right? Right. A higher education, a chance at that. They're not all going to want to do it. They might not no. all, they, they might not want to take that life path but we want them to have a chance at that but it's not just for them to become hopefully they can become the next president hopefully they can they can become astronauts and physicists and 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 CEOs and have the top spot in all these these realms mm-hmm. we also want some of them to be teachers who know how to talk and interact with people who don't look like them it doesn't matter whether they're white or Asian or black or Latino or gay or straight or female, male, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But if you can't interact with a diverse cross-section of humanity um, in an elementary school, those elementary students are not going to be able to interact with a diverse cross-section of people in middle school. And then it it just goes on and on, right? Look, dude. They, you know... Kids who go through that become parents who act like that. You know what I mean? Um, and I don't think, I, I certainly don't want that. I know, it, unfortunately, it does seem like some people do want that. And I think they're, as much as they're winning the battle, I don't, I don't think they're going through their days without fear. You know, I don't think they feel they're guaranteed to win the war. That's why they spend a lot of money. They get high-powered attorneys to create um, fan fiction stories Mm -hmm. to bring legal cases to the highest court in the land. The same same group, I believe, generated the the genesis for the affirmative action case that had no Asian students, uh, Asian witnesses uh, arguing on their behalf there's the same group that that brought the um the website case for which the supposed complainant was um not a gay man but a a straight dude who didn't even know he was part of the whole thing um right i don't know how much of that is is entirely accurate but um because it sounds almost too bananas to have even gotten as far as it did but sure as hell seems like it is. And you know All what? True. That's the thing. They ain't going to fight fair. When someone's scared, they don't fight fair. You know that. We all know that. We all know it. Here's the funny thing. <laughs> Not only did Edward Blum um, present a fan fiction argument 
but he actually stole his organization name and slogan from an Asian education organization yeah. that was advocating not to remove affirmative action, but to understand why Asian enrollment was so low considering, right? He undermined, he stole, stole that whole, like, it's crazy. He stole the whole thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He stole the entire thing. And he couldn't come up with any real plaintiffs. He couldn't come up with anything. So, I don't even know, I, man. I'm not a marketing expert, but I know something about marketing. These people are not genius attorneys. They are not genius politicians. They are not geniuses by any stretch of the imagination, but they are damn good at marketing. Yeah. And they could spot a mark from a mile away. Don't be the mark. I'm just talking to people of color right now, people from underrepresented communities. Don't don't be the mark. Yeah. Because that's all I, you I, are. That woman, the website woman, she ain't going to have a business in two years. Are you kidding me? (laughs) She ain't going to be able to tell nobody that she doesn't want to do their website. She ain't going to be doing that no more. But nobody's going to care. I'm sure people on Twitter will go back in a couple years when she goes out of business and dunk on her and they'll be happy for about five minutes, but that's it. But the damage has been done. The damage has been done. And it's not just, uh, you know, a couple of uh, gay dudes who wanted to get married and have a website to tell people what church to go to and where the reception was going to be, uh, it's it, it very well could be you or me or our children it, for no it other for, for 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 no other good reason, you know. It will be, and that's the thing. Nineteen eighty-seven. A group was founded called the Student Coalition for Fair Admissions. Mm. 2014, Edward Blum created his organization. He called it the Students for Fair Admissions. Student Coalition for Fair Admissions is the first one. His is called the Students for Fair Admissions or SFA. He completely co-opted their movement. Mm -hmm. An Asian-founded coalition for fair admissions under the understanding that at the time Asian admissions were being suppressed. It was a fact. They were able to prove and verify their information and it did not have anything to do with affirmative action, right? A friend of mine, I've had a, I had a debate with a friend of mine, right? Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine had, had discussed something. He was saying, you know, equity over equality. That was his big thing, right? I don't, I don't care if you like me or whatever, da, 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 right? And I thought... Well, yeah, in a perfect world, yeah. But the reality is, if a person making a decision doesn't see you as an equal, then there is no equity. Right. You still have to deal with the mentality. You can't avoid the mentality. This is what America is trying to do in conversations about race. We're trying to avoid what is happening in someone's mind when they see or hear you, or see, or hear your grievances. Do you understand what I'm saying? There is no equity without equality. It's not possible. 
Do you know what I'm saying? Like I, I can't express this enough. There are no, there are no equitable women's rights. For example, let's take both of us out of this, right, and put us on the other side. There is, there's no chance of of equitable women's rights if men still see women as lesser and just complaining, right? Mm-hmm. It's not possible. It's not so much that men are the only ones in position of power. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that men in positions of power have to see you as an equal. That's across the board. That's whether it's uh, white government officials, black government officials. That's whether it's Asians towards blacks, blacks towards Asians, Latinos towards. It doesn't matter. If someone doesn't see you as an equal and they're in a position to make a decision, whether that's a vote or a hiring decision, or a loan decision, or a admissions decision, if they do not see you as an equal, there is no equity. There it is. So we can't get to one space without getting to the other. You know what I'm saying? So don't let them use you. It's all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Unless it doesn't really matter just, what community we're talking about. Unless don't you're let, really sorry, just Kevin. trying. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Kevin. It doesn't matter what community you stand in right now. It doesn't matter what argument you had with someone in eighth grade or whether you disagree or right, whether you felt you were mistreated. I'm, I'm saying collectively, collectively, you were not viewed as equal. Trust me. Trust me. I hear it. I know what I'm talking about here. I'm in executive positions. I know what I'm talking about here. So if you want to play a game, bro, you're not playing a game that's going to support you in the long run. Because when it's your turn, uh, you know what? I'm good. I'm going to chill. Because once I get started, man, we got another hour. I mean, unless unless all you truly want is to be one of the good ones, then you keep doing what you're doing. Otherwise, shut the hell up. And, and, And stop like... If you've ever found yourself saying, well, we did it, so why can't they do it? (laughs) You can ask that question, but I've never heard that question asked in a constructive tone of voice. That question is always asked in a 100% unmistakably judgmental voice. If you want to ask that question and then figure out the answer to that question, you will learn why that may be the case. That is a question you ask when you already hate the people you're talking about. Let's that's, just let's just that's the that's just the problem. Say, stop playing, stop yeah. playing. You know what I mean? You ask those type of questions when you already hate the people you're talking about because you don't like Kev just said. You don't want to really know the answer. You're not even going to accept the real answer. You ask that question because you already have a negative feeling towards the people you're asking about. Stop playing. Yeah. I, I was having a conversation with somebody. We could wrap this up in a moment. My daughter is calling me multiple times for some reason. I was having a conversation with somebody, right? They're, they're going on and on about this, that, and the other, you know, LeBron James and how they don't like blah, blah, blah. And I said, look, man, this is easy. Just say you hate black people. It's way easier, man. Like, you going around all the, Just say, look, I really don't like black people, and I'm trying to find all the reasons to to safely say it. And a person, of course, got offended, but I was like, yo, I don't know why you offended. I just made this easy for you. Look me in the face and tell me you don't like black people. That's the same thing I would say to somebody who says we did it, so why can't they do it? Look, dude, just look me in the face and tell me you don't like black people. Don't don't do this. Don't try to statistically validate your hate. Yeah, you, 
And if you, if you, especially if they're talking to a black person, it's like, yeah. you know, if someone was talking some, some bullshit to me, I'd be like, I've heard every version of the bullshit translated. Google Translate has nothing on me being able to figure out what it is that you're really saying. No matter what right. language you use, no matter what tone of voice, I know what you're saying. So, so I'm boiling it down to, oh, you just hate me for being me. Yeah. And if that's the case, Bottom I line. can't help you. You know? Right. Um, but, but yeah, all the... Yeah, it gets old, Listen, man. This country is based on, let's say every year we had a 100-yard dash. But yeah. one group of people starts at the 50-yard line. Every year, they start at the 50-yard line. And shock, surprisingly, they tend to win. <laughs> and, and the people who had to start where you're supposed to start, generally speaking, did not win. Yeah. There were a few of the people who started at the 50-yard line who said, you know what? I don't feel right about this because it's bullshit. So I'm going to wait to start running until those people reach the 50-yard line. Then I'm going to start running. Well, guess what? They're already halfway tired by the time you start running. So it's still not fair. So you can still shut up. I appreciate it. But no, that's not okay. And then there's this other group of people that just joined the race about 400 years in. And and they're saying, well, you know what? We, we really know how to pace ourselves. So even though they're starting from 50 and we're starting from zero, you know what? We're, we're going to plan for that. And we know they're going to wait. So we're going to catch up. And then we're going to just, we're, we're going to edge them out a little bit. every a, a little bit better. A little bit more than the people in the past did. Yep. It's still not fair. Any kid could tell you that. A child could tell you that that's ridiculous. But you yeah. can't allow yourself to see how ridiculous it is as a grown-ass adult. Stop it. Stop it. Yeah. Because the more you let them do that, the more they're going to keep doing it, not just to you, but other people. And they're going to they're gonna make you feel like it's okay because now it's not happening to you. Yeah. That's how it is. All right, we spent the whole show on this, so we'll get to some topics next week. <laughs> oh, man. Thank y'all for tuning in. A very special episode of Rap Sucks Radio. <laughs> um, thank y'all for tuning in, man. We appreciate each and every one of y'all. If you'd like to catch past episodes of Rap Sucks Radio, you can go to rapsucksradio.com, any of your favorite podcasting platforms. Catch us on Rap Sucks Radio on Instagram, RSR Podcast on uh, Facebook. Um, and, yo, we out of here like last year, Kev, on count of three. We say peace, man. One. Two, three. Peace. Peace. We out. Vote. Vote, you dummies. Man. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so.